Mark chapter 5, verse number 1. They came over to the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. When he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. The chains had been plucked asunder by him, the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And verse 9 said, And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. That wasn't his name. I want to preach to you from the subject this morning. The reward is at the end. The reward is at the end. Lord Jesus, I take authority over this spirit, this service right now. I thank you for what you're about to do in here. I bind any demonic spirit that would hinder anyone from a breakthrough and from a deliverance. Any human spirit, God, that needs to be set free. We pray you would get a hold of every heart every mind, every person, every family, every crisis, every trial, every battle, every addiction, every stronghold right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we give you complete authority and complete access to our home, our mind, our life, our body. In Jesus' name, we surrender to your will. Anoint me, but also anoint the people, I pray right now. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Oftentimes, before we ever see our answer coming, the enemy sees the answer coming. Oftentimes, before our miracle shows up and manifests in front of us, and we realize God had us in his hand the entire time, hell knew the entire time something was on its way. Just ask the Israelites, Pharaoh will always know when there's a deliverer being born before the Israelites will know that. Herod will find out somehow if baby Jesus is being born in Bethlehem and he will try to kill every child around because hell knows when answers are on their way, we can see them sometimes before humans do. Demons do not, uh, they do not know everything about you, about your life, about what's going to happen, about where you're going tomorrow. They do not know if you're going to take a left turn out of the parking lot or a right turn. They have no idea about these kind of things. But they do have one thing that we do not have. Demons can see angels. Demons can see angels approaching. 
And if a demon sees an angel approaching you, he knows that the angel is coming to help you most likely. And so when the enemy sees heaven start to invade earth, they understand that we must do something chaotic to the human to keep the human distracted from what heaven is trying to do. When Daniel starts praying for an answer, heaven starts to invade, so hell goes into action trying to keep heaven away from Daniel. When all hell breaks loose in your house, it's not a sign that God is forsaking you. It's a sign that heaven is coming to invade your house, and therefore hell is acting out because of what heaven is about to do. This man, before we even get to him, we must understand that Jesus has to go through a storm just to find the man. This storm was not for the disciples. It was because the man was about to be delivered. And hell will always try to bring up a storm right before God brings a miracle to you. But can I tell you, Jesus will come through your own storm just to find where you're at on a Sunday morning. You may feel nothing right now. It might be crazy in your house right now, but he will find you no matter what he has what he has to go through to get you the answer. Is there anyone that wants him to find you this morning in what you're facing, in what you're fighting, and in what you're fearing? And he goes through this storm and there is a man that is what we would call today cray cray living in the graveyard now if you invite me and you to go to a loved one's grave and I am here in town I'll, I'll go with you and we'll pray but if you pull out a cot and a sleeping bag and you decide to spend the night there, I'm calling the cops, first of all, because that is a little abnormal. This man is living in the tombs, in these stones. He's sleeping by dead bodies. You think you've got it bad. At least the person in the house is alive right now. He is sleeping by a dead body on a nightly basis. How far can hell take someone to where their mind is so warped that they are now living in a circumstance or situation with death surrounding them, and he is just living there, and it's normal now. He's so bound. He's so afflicted. He's crying and cutting himself with stones. Watch this for a second. He's cutting himself with the things he's surrounding himself with. He's living in the stones and now he's cutting himself with the stones. Whatever you surround yourself with will eventually get into you. Oh, whatever you surround yourself with will eventually start to afflict you. If you think you're stronger than all the friends you're hanging out with, despite all the addictions that they're bound by, you must be careful because when you choose to live in the tombs, it's not very long that the tomb will try to live in you. 
And now he's crying, cutting himself, crying and cutting, crying and cutting, crying and cutting, crying and cutting. And as he's cutting himself with these stones, all of a sudden he's he's to a place where people are they know about him. It's funny how hell wants people to know about your problems because somehow even though hell dragged him to a graveyard, people knew about where he was. And so they started coming out to supposedly deliver him, but every time they came to deliver him they came with chains to deliver him how do you deliver someone with chains how do you deliver someone with chains they're bound by this and so you're going to bind them with that it's amazing how people can be bound with a pain in their body and then the lord try to heal them but they get hooked on the medication and they're no longer bound by the pain they're bound by the drug they're no longer bound by what what used to afflict them they're bound by something new someone has this something go wrong and then they get into debt for something that they think they have they're no longer have the need for what they have but now they're bound by the debt it's amazing how hell just tries to trade off chains every time you get free from something he brings something else to you it's amazing how you get free and get a breakthrough and then something else ties you up you get free from depression then oppression shows up you get free from fear then an addiction shows up. it's amazing how they keep bringing chains to the child of God telling you that it's your way out you need to be delivered by the chain And you can have the Holy Ghost and be bound. Oh, I'm going to talk to you because some of you don't want to talk back this morning. You can have the Holy Ghost go to the right church and be bound. Have everything go and look perfectly right on the outside and be bound. I'll tell you one of the greatest signs of someone bound, they don't know how to worship. Oh, that's cute, but I'm going to tell you further. On a Sunday morning in the presence of God, if I cannot worship in here, that's a sign that something is bound in my life. Because if his presence is in the atmosphere where the spirit of the Lord is, there must be liberty. And so if I'm not praising him when his spirit, then I must be bound by something. Somebody put the devil in his place right now and just get your hands up, get your mouth open, and say, I refuse to be arrested by what you're attacking me with. It wasn't just that it was any type of devil. It was an unclean devil unclean spirits there's there's all kind of spirits you don't need me to go into all this but but it's amazing how unclean spirits can make people so bound i've said it before but the enemy is attracted to filth you may think it's not spiritual to clean your room teenager but i promise you demons love filth now you won't say no to mom huh Unclean spirits. He's filthy. He's dirty. Usually unclean spirits are connected to perversion, wicked things, just disgusting things that get into the person's mind. And he is, he is consumed by evil to the point where he is now suicidal. He is living in graves. He's suicide. He's got all kind of tormenting, evil thoughts, evil screaming voices in his head telling him to end everything. It's never going to change. Hell did a 
perfect job on the outside at getting him. They did everything right, it looks like. They've dragged him away from society. They've taken away from family. They've put all kind of spirits in his life to the point where now he is in a graveyard. They've done everything just right. Except one thing. They chose the wrong graveyard. They should have dragged him out of that country. They should have taken him as far away as they could. They thought if we take him, we can leave him here in the Gadarenes. We can leave him in Gadara and put him in the worst place in Gadara. And he will die alone and afflicted and tormented and bound. But the problem is, Gadara means your reward will come at the end. <laughs> If you can just survive long enough, something in the midst of your hell will turn heavenly and a reward will break through the stuff that you're fighting. That's cute. I got three of you right there. Huh? But the reason why God sent me at the end of 2018 is to tell you that you don't have to walk into 2019, continuing 2018. There is a reward at the end of this year of suffering and affliction that you have been fighting, but you must want the reward before you step into the next season. Somebody start to declare it. There's a reward coming. There's a reward coming. I've been praying. I've been seeking God. I've been fasting. There's a reward coming. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Rewarder, mestapodates in the Greek. It means he is the boss or the employer, the one who pays the wages. In other words, when you make up your mind, he's going to reward me. I'm seeking him with all my heart. Despite what I'm bound by, he takes charge of the things you cannot control. And they chose to leave him in Gadara. And Jesus made his way to Gadara. And when the man saw him, oh, he didn't have to say a word, just stepped on the shore. And demon possessed people even can tell when Jesus steps into the atmosphere. You may feel nothing all through church and all of a sudden something will get on you. And we're doing one song. That last song, something started to stir in here because hell knows it and heaven knows it. When Jesus steps in the atmosphere, no matter what you're bound by, how long it's been there, how bad the struggle is, when he steps in the atmosphere, rewards will come and answers will come and miracles will come and deliverance will come and healing will come and breakthroughs will come and he saw him it doesn't matter I remember I, I asked the guys they said I didn't tell the story here before I remember a few years ago and I'll just I'll just leave the state blank it's in some state here in the United States I was preaching a revival and they had this wonderful idea to have this street service on Saturday afternoon they said we're going to have the this band come in, they're going to play, and we're going to have all kind of bounce houses, and, and, and we're going to have kids 
all kind of stuff for the kids, and we're going to have barbecue, everything. And we're, the band's going to play. People are going to be coming from the street, and then you're going to preach. And I was bringing on. So they, so the band is playing. All these guests are walking and watching. The church is clapping there. When the band stopped, everybody bailed. They all went to eat. Like the band went to eat. The church members went to eat. There was like four people. I'm like, go ahead, take it. And so I, I'm up there making a fool of myself, yelling to an empty parking lot. And then I saw her walk around the corner. And I knew this was definitely hell. It wasn't that I was a prophet. It's that her hair was dyed red and up in horns. I'm pretty sure she works for the other team. And here she comes. And I was... <laughs> She didn't go get hot dogs. I was hoping she. I was hoping that she'd go join the church. The church is over there. They'd love for you to come eat. She comes right to the edge of the stage, horns up, arms crossed, angry. And I said, "We we we have someone that needs to be delivered over here." And the church looked and acted like they didn't hear me, even though I had a microphone. And they were, you know, appreciate the help, homies. And uh, so. I get done preaching, and she just stands there the whole time. And I went down, and I said, may I pray for her? She said, I'm the secretary to Wicked Church. She's, a, she's a, literally a secretary of Satanic Church. She said, and all of our members are out of town at a convention this week where there's witches everywhere. And I was just taking a walk, and I heard all this stuff you were saying about Jesus. She said, I want to believe he can deliver me, but I, you don't know how bad it is. And she pulled up her sleeves, Bishop, and there was just slash marks all over her arms. She said, the devil likes us to cut ourselves in church for him. That's how we praise him. And I said, well, there is nothing that the devil has done to you that the Lord cannot deliver you from. And she said, you don't understand. I've got so many things that I worship Satan with. And I said, are you free tomorrow? You said that your church members are out of town. She said, yes. I said, we have a service tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Clearly, I'm getting no help today uh, here on this stage. So can you come tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and we're going to have a service. And I said, I want you to do something just absolutely crazy. She said, well, I said, I want you to bring everything you worship the devil with. And I want you to lay it on the altar. She said, that's a lot of stuff. I said, he's a big God. He can handle it. Just bring everything. She said, okay. The next afternoon, I walked in. I knew we had her. I knew we had it. I knew we had victory because, again, not being a prophet, but the horns were gone. Her hair was just down. I said, we've dehorned the devil. It is on. And there were boxes and boxes. Some of you are like, freaked out right now this actually this stuff actually happens it's crazy anyway and there were boxes and boxes of stuff just crave books and knives and candles and all kind of and a sword on top of all the boxes that just stretched across and she sat on the front row her name was melissa and she sat there on the front row looking up at me and she said that's my stuff i said i kind of figured that <laughs> pretty sure it wasn't pastors i said okay so she comes to the altar afterwards. She says, I just want to believe that this Jesus can help me. 
And one of the greatest things, or one of the, one of the, I've heard this several times across the, the country, that one of the, the, one of the most well-known things satanic churches teach their converts is the reason you should pray to the devil is the devil will get, give you what you want faster than God will. I've seen that so many times where people were bound and, and, and this just crazy situations. And so uh, she said, I, I want to believe it, but I've prayed these. I said, listen, if you want deliverance, we have a baptismal tank downstairs. It's full of water. When you go down in that water, we will say the name of Jesus over you. And every single thing that you have been bound by, every single thing you've done for Satan will stay in that water and you will come up a brand new person. And there's nothing Thing the devil can do about it. Somebody ought to get with me on that because you know about blood power. You know about, oh, yes. Someone thank the Lord for the blood, right? Remember where you were. Remember what had you. Remember what was controlling you. We put her in the water in the name of Jesus. She came up speaking in tongues, and God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And I've just come to let you know there's nothing that the devil can do. I don't care what you're bound by. And so, and so I, I told her, I said, Melissa, you just received the Holy Ghost. God's washed your sins away. And she said, wonderful. What do we do with my stuff? I said, let's go to the parking lot again. And I said, does anyone have a lighter? And I, I probably could have gone to jail for this. I don't know. But I, I burned her stuff in the parking lot. People thought, you're crazy. I said, well, you should have helped me yesterday. I took her sore. I said, Pastor, do you mind if we mount this in your office on the wall? I said, we have, there's trophies of hell. Why can't there be trophies of heaven? Put it up on the wall. I left town. People were worshiping God. I drove about two hours away. True story. I drove two hours away, and out of nowhere, the most tormenting attack I've ever had in my life. Screaming voices. Just crash your car. Just turn your car into the median. You're going to die anyway. Just I had no idea what was going on. I literally, was. it was, it was so overwhelming. I pulled the car off the road. I said, Lord, what? What is this? I don't understand this. This makes no sense to me. This is horrified. What is going on? And I, I, I said, help me, please. What is, and the phone rang. It was, it was Brother Lee Stone King. And I said, hello. And he said, I want to tell you something the Lord just told me. There are witches near you praying against you. I, didn't, I, had, I had no idea that the witches from her church were in the same town I was in at that moment having their convention. And he said, they're praying because something just happened. Someone just got delivered. I said, yes, a lady in their church that she came yesterday, and we, we baptized her in Jesus' name, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. We burned all of her stuff. He said, well, they are mad because they know they can do nothing about it now. But in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command every spirit to leave your car and go back. And it instantly left and never came back. We have, oh, up. We have power and authority over everything the enemy can do. Some of you are staring at me like you have no idea about the spirit world. It's just as real as the world you're in right now. Hell cannot stand you when you make up your mind to go after the Lord. He saw Jesus and he ran. 
Some things only happen when you run for it. Some things will only happen when you get desperate for it. You cannot be delivered and be chilled at the same time. You will not be set free with a lazy attitude. I don't have to go after God. I'm fine where I am. If you really want God to loose you, you've got to have some kind of desperation in your spirit that says, I must do anything I have to do. Define him. And he ran. He ran and worshipped him. But he was still bound. You can worship and still be bound. The proof that he was bound was the Bible said he said, when they, when they asked him, when the Lord asked him what his name was, and they said, my name is Legion, for we are many. Then he, the devil wasn't lying. There were several there. And, but he said, Lord, don't send them out of the country. Just send them into the swing. He said, you see, he, he's, he's worshiping, but he, he, he likes his devils. Oh, I'm going to preach this. There are people that love to worship God, but they love their addictions too. You can't get someone delivered that loves. The hardest person to get delivered is someone in love with their demon. I've seen people with every kind of spirit on them get delivered. And I've seen people with weak spirits on them and stay bound because they like what they are involved with and as long as you like it and as long as you want it around I can do nothing for you your neighbor cannot help you if you want to worship God and then go back to the graveyard if you want to have a breakthrough and then go back to the sin that's the mentality of hell that's why Herod told the wise men go worship him but come back to the palace on your way home because whoever you check in with last is truly your king still and so we want you to go ahead and get your breakthrough in church but when you're done worshiping act one way in here and another way when no one's around and you're alone with your phone he told me to come after and I'm coming after it if I'm by myself, I'm by myself, but I'm not playing games this morning. I had demons attack me all night long in the hotel room last night. Something big's about to happen in this church, and hell is aware of it, and heaven is aware of it. And I know for a fact that when, after 16 years of traveling, that when enemies show up at the hotel room the night before the service, someone is destined to be delivered the next morning. Hell is aware, and heaven is aware. Are you aware this morning? My name is Legion. Hell wanted him to identify himself as a band, as multiple devils. I am Legion. That was not his name. But hell wanted the world to call him that, and preachers even all over the world call him Legion. It was never his name, that was an identity that hell placed upon him. And hell wants you to be identified by what you struggle with and what you've let in. Someone drinks and, and 
an alcoholic beverage. And before long, after they keep drinking, we call them an alcoholic, a drug addict. People get addicted, and now we call them by what we know their struggle to be. <laughs> Can I just say this? We need to learn how to talk to what binds us. You have dominion, but just because you have dominion does not mean you know how to speak to what you have dominion over. Adam named the animals. You have dominion over them, but if you do not know how to talk to them, the enemy can convince you that what you have power over has power over you. What are you saying? I'm going to get right in the house. You cannot get up tomorrow morning with the addiction and say, Lord, please help me. I just hope I don't fall today. I hope I don't. Give me strength, God. You're going to fall. Call. Ready? Oh, this is going to get really quiet. Call the addiction out by name. Some of you don't even want to go there. You, you're, you're trying to get me away from you right now because you know the name. You know the name of the struggle. You know the name of the devil that's in your house, in your mind, at your phone. You know what it is. And if you do not talk to it and call it by its name, you'll keep struggling, trying to get You've got to look the enemy in the eye once in a while and say, I know what you are, but I have authority over you because I have a name that I have access to that's greater than every other name. Someone start to praise him because at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess. Why did hell care so much about him? We don't even know his name. All I know is the Lord said, go publish all this stuff. Go tell all your friends. And he went and published it in Decapolis, the place of ten cities. It is Jesus saving the world. And at the same time, some nobody had a ministry that impacted ten cities at the same time. And hell knew that was coming. They knew he was an evangelist that could reach ten cities. All he thought was, I'm just a legion of devils. But hell knew he is a witnessing machine. If he ever gets loose, if he ever gets delivered, he's going to change the world around him. So we must hold him down because he does not see his potential. He's destined for a decapolis. He's destined to be delivered. So let's hold him down in the presence of God and try to keep him convinced that he needs the spirits that are around him. I remember, I'll close with, I remember I was in a service one time a few years ago and it, there, was a, uh, there was a deaf man off to my right and he was in the front row, probably in his early 60s, had an earring in his left ear. I remember, never saw him before, preaching this church several times, walked over to him and laid hands on him for him to be healed and nothing happened. And so I walked away. As I walked away uh, several feet, the Lord said, go back. And so I said, I went, I went back and I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Nothing happened. And so I, I walked away, go back. I said, if I go back, would you please heal him? Because this is not working. So I went back and, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, be, nothing. 
I walked away. Fourth time, go back. I said, uh-uh. It's not working. He said, you want him to be healed. It's not a healing. It's a spirit. Remember I told the man that was deaf, come out thou dumb and deaf spirit. So I walked over to him. And in sign language, he started talking. I said, what's he saying? And he's, the girl said, he is saying, I am tormented in my mind by screaming voices. And I said, oh, I said, I said, Lord, forgive me. I thought the whole time it was a physical healing and I had missed it. It was a devil wrapped up and I had no clue. I said, in the name of Jesus, be delivered. When I said that, you can... This is what happened. You can call the pastor. I'll give you his name after church. He started throwing up in his hands over and over, like 30 minutes, hundreds of times. He finally fell to the floor, and in sign language, he said something. And I said, what did he just say? And she said, he said, the screaming and the gnawing is gone. And I said, if the screaming is gone... He should be delivered in the name of Jesus. And I touched his ears, and instantly he began to scream as both ears popped wide open in front of 400 people. God opened his ears. It was a, it was a spirit the entire time. Someone ought to wake up right now and get the enemy out of your house, away from your child, away from your marriage, away from your body, away from your finances. There's not devils behind every tree. Absolutely not. But this morning, if you're bound, that's something hell has put in your house. He ran and worshipped him. Let me ask you something right now. First service, I know i got to preach this again in the next service, and there's going to be different things to deal with in the next service. But I want to ask someone in this room right now, do you want to leave 2018 with the same stronghold hovering above you? Or do you want your reward to come at the end? Do you want to leave this season and step into something with a new mindset, a new vision, a new life, a new walk with God, a new prayer life, a new passion, a new hunger, a new zeal, a new determination? What do you want to happen in this next season? Because the answer has shown itself to you. The answer is here, but you must get desperate and run for it and say no matter what is holding me no matter what I'm attracted to in sin I am going to cut the ties I am going to sever my spirit from what hell is trying to unleash in my life Look at someone beside you. Just look them in the eyes and say, your answer is here this morning. Your answer is here this morning. You can watch it go by you or you can go after it. You can watch it go to your neighbor or you can get desperate. You can make a move or you can act like you're fine. But hell knows and heaven knows if you really want to be rewarded for what you're facing. Let's all stand right now. I feel like it's going after this right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm not, I'm not fighting devils. I'm not fighting all that kind of stuff. I'm fine. Depression is not fine. 
fear is not fine. Waking up four or five times a night in your sleep due to nightmares is not fine. Suicidal thoughts are not fine. Adultery tempting you every day is not fine. I'm going to find you. That stuff is working. And as long as the child of God stays relaxed, they stay in the wilderness. You have to conquer Og before you get to Jericho. You have to conquer the spirit of relaxation before you step into your destiny. And that's a giant. And a lot of people have a giant where I'm just, I, I can't do anything about it. I can't fix it. It's just the way it is. I've always thought like that. I've always struggled with that. I've always been there. I've always worried about that. I've always wondered about that. I've always been weak there. I've always had that temptation. I've always had that addiction. I've always been struggling in this area. And they come to church and the preacher preaches right to them. And they say, not for me. Not for me. But here's my question to you. If a man with two to 6,000 devils can run and worship Jesus, with no family supporting him, no church members near him praying with him, no preacher in a microphone saying, today's your day. If the man with 2,000 death devils, tor suicidal screaming devils, unclean spirits tor tormenting him can look at the Lord and say, I'm going after it. Then here's my question. What is in your way?